Welcome to In Between. In this episode, I want to talk a lot actually about the bike trip, which a friend and me did uh, basically right after Diwali to escape like the terrible air in Delhi. And uh, we went with the bike from Delhi straight to Rajasthan. And I always have loved bikes a lot. And uh, even more when I was living in Delhi and since I'm actually uh, thinking of coming back to Delhi for research, I really think to learn driving a bike by myself because I just love it so much. And for trips, I just find it a brilliant way to to travel because again the speed is perfect uh, as far as I'm concerned I feel like uh, you're fast enough to really get somewhere but also slow enough to stop and interact with the environment whenever you feel like it which I just really love and moreover it's like you've got so much time like to yeah, you have these open roads ahead and you feel the wind in your hair or not really in your hair because you're supposed to wear a helmet, right? And you're wearing a helmet, but uh, you feel the wind and you have so much kind of space to just put your thoughts and follow your thoughts and think about things. It really clears your head. Again, something I really like. And uh, yeah, around midday, we started from Delhi. And what I really like is to see how the landscape slowly changes, especially if you like drive out of the city and then you cross several states. And there are many like sceneries which look like pictures. And there are so many, just like I described it in from the train, like, I don't know, fields and colorful saris or like men with really sun yeah, faces that have been carved by the sun and hard work and with beautiful turbans and like so many sceneries and pictures of people I yeah I only know from NGO posters or uh, maybe the uh, basmati rice from the supermarket <laughs> which would be uh, yeah pictures which would be on that and uh, and especially when we got to Rajasthan there people have a certain way of dressing again for example a lot of women wear very colorful saris they wear most of them are also veiled like they have uh, yeah the end of the sari as a kind of veil over their heads this is called kungat this way of veiling and uh, it looks uh, really beautiful and really interesting and also the turbans and the way people dress and the way farmers look there and these are so many like impressions and pictures in my head of which I've never thought I'm going to see them live <laughs> to say it in a stupid way because I've only seen these kind of figures and characters in uh, either in on TV or in or mostly actually in social anthropology books and to see them live now was like a very yeah special impression and it made me feel so grateful that wow i'm able to like uh, to see all of this and to experience all of this and see things which i know a lot of people in my home will never get to see even though it means we're on some shitty <laughs> land road <laughs> or whatever it meant but it's yeah made me really grateful and made me realize why i like driving with bikes so much Stop. and yeah again i saw so much of rural india because 
as far as I know, like two-thirds of India lives in villages still. And again, it made me feel like I don't know anything about these people. I don't know how people here live. I don't know anything about India. But I feel like it's so good to see so many so many places and non-places or to stop in cities just to have chai in cities where tourists completely have no business at all clearly where there's nothing to see or to do but just normal life but somehow I think especially as a social anthropologist that's exactly what I'm interested in to see just regular life and nothing else and yeah just, just stopping for chai maybe having a small chat here and there in these places in between or just see villages or see people whose lives won't be probably shared on social media whose lives are so different and hard to imagine but still they are there and they mean something and to see them somehow is also to acknowledge them and I always, I just love that and uh, even though I don't interact with these people who are in the sceneries I see I most of the time then spend the next few kilometers thinking about them or imagining their lives in some way, which I think is very enriching in many ways. first stop was Jaipur and I've been in Jaipur before several times because it's really just a day ride with the bike from Delhi and uh, there we had a pretty interesting conversation that friend and me and which really I think solved like gave me a lot of new insights into India although I'm not sure yet as usual I'm very cautious in building new theories because they can <laughs> be misproven anytime uh, so let's see about this one. But uh, somehow I told about this friend a lot about uh, my Diwali stay in my friend's house and the things I liked, the things which irritated or confused me. And we talked a lot about different things. And I mentioned that somehow the father of the family kept saying that, uh, yeah, well, now he has uh, five like five kids and or I'm the new daughter or something like that. Which, of course, I played along and I found it cute and sweet. But also, like, if I think in my cultural way, that's a very weird thing to say. Like, we would never say that. It's kind of a number too big to say. Then we discussed and discussed and somehow we came up with that, that maybe in many ways, things in India sometimes or relationships or hierarchies or whatever are performed in a way. Like, there's a certain performance going on which is something f for us, people from the West, we cannot really understand. In the sense that he said that you guys always need essence. Like here, a lot of things are performed. It's performance, while you only look for essence. And uh, you only find that essence is genuine, while performance can be equally genuine. And I feel that in some ways, he really hit a spot there. Because I had I realized that earlier that I have a lot of different friends in India, but I think the ones I'm really the closest to in many ways are people who think and work and understand the world very similar like I do. When they say yes, they mean yes. When they say no, they mean no, like very just very similar. But I have other friends I also really like, but to whom somehow I don't manage to be as close because I don't understand their way of working or acting towards me so much and I think a lot of it actually 
has to do with what my friend calls performance because in some ways uh, for example it reminds me of my hostel in which a few girls tried to be friends with me and they brought me sweets and they told me places that we should we could be go going together and what we could do together and a lot of the things were completely exaggerated like we didn't know each other that well that we would do that together or it was not really possible to do that and like things which we would never say I don't want to say that we never say things we don't do in Switzerland I think we do a lot and we have a lot of small little performances also for example oh both people have to take out their wallets when we are deciding who is paying for the coffee and this is like a little performance which always has to go on until one of the people packs the wallet back in and it would be weird if the other person would not at least take the wallet out although it's already clear who's gonna pay but uh still it's the performances are not that big usually or that's like as i said like not the number too big and many times with these girls in the hostels to me it was like too much it felt too intimate too fast or the things felt too so that i felt it's not genuine but they say it can't be genuine and i couldn't understand it i didn't know how to react to it and that was very like interesting in many times that with some people I couldn't get close because I felt like the way they behave to me is too close too fast which we both should actually know that we are not that close yet and all of that but maybe it's true it's just a way of performance which doesn't mean that it's it's not genuine it is genuine but it just works different to establish relationships And we had a similar talk when it came to hierarchies and to gifts and money because I told my friend that for me, like the whole giving gifts culture in Diwali is still very confusing because I don't really know how much to give, what is expected. And I got gifted so many things like I, um, my friend's family, they took me to a market and they wanted me to buy, they wanted to buy a dress for me and all. And I was like completely overwhelmed. So like from my culture perspective this was like oh no that can't happen so at the end I got a I could bring it down to some earrings and some bangles and that was but that I had to take and also like I got a lot of gifts and money and prashad and I also noticed that uh, my friend had a small fight with her father which she explained to me later that because somehow in their house it's kind of a thing that when guests are coming so when they leave, you give them money. And that's just the way things are. But uh, she told her father not to do it with me because she knew that uh, it would be very weird for me. And I'm so graceful, grateful that he didn't do it. But also there, like, I was like, but why this gift giving? Why this, like, it's so too much. Like, why is this happening? And my friend said, but somehow gifts express hierarchy in some ways and him with his, the father of the house with his place in the hierarchy and you as a guest you have to this is how this hierarchy is expressed and this is how it has to happen and yeah this just is like this and in a way he's i think he's right in many aspects and uh, also maybe the whole you're my new daughter kind of a thing has something to do because being a daughter would give me some kind of status in this small little microcosmos which is like graspable and to which which can be placed in the hierarchies 
And it reminds me a lot of what people say of like the old school anthropologists and who go to tribes and then they are get adopted by some kind of uh, by some family and then they are suddenly place have a status and a place in the hierarchy and people know how to relate and interact with them because before they are just aliens in a way like complete outsiders which no one knows how to what is the right way to interact with or react to so in a way it probably has to do with this but i'm not sure yet so that's something i've been yeah a talk i had which i which gave me a few aha moments but uh, as it's India, I never trust <laughs> a theory to stay for long. So let's see how I'm going to go with this and how soon it's going to be proven wrong. We will see. And another thing I noticed, which is also interesting, is that uh, I feel like a lot of people, when they talk to me, I mean, Indian people, they try to make their, to seem more modern in front of me. So they they shape their answers in a way so that they seem more modern and that I wouldn't think that they are backward, their families are backward or the countries are back is backward. Which is strange for me because I don't think in these categories anyway, especially as an anthropologist. I hate these kind of categories and I think it's not linear like from backward to developed or to modern, but it's there's just different ways in different places to look at the world and make sense of the world. But uh um Still, people keep doing that all the time. Not all people, but some. And eventually, I realized that I'm actually doing the same. So whenever I get asked about my country and things get compared and I have to explain, I do the same thing. In a way, I traditionalize my answers. When they ask me about marriage and how relationships work in my country, maybe I don't make them sound so fluctuous, like people change partners so fast, as they maybe think, as it's like they're like as the stereotype from the West would say. So in many ways I keep, yeah, I started to catch myself how I also traditionalize my answers, shape them in a way that they can grasp them, that they maybe would find them better. So which is like, I suddenly realized, oh, this process is happening on both sides in, in weird ways. And maybe it's a way of the East interacting with the West, although I don't like these binaries either. And I don't think you can say it like this. But uh, that's just something I've noticed, which I felt like sharing. And um, yeah, then we went on to Ajmer. And in Ajmer, we went to another tomb of uh, another saint, a Sunni saint, and uh, another Darga. And I am actually scared to trying to pronounce the name because very likely I'm saying it very wrong. But I hope that people who know him will still recognize it. So it's a very famous Darga. So apparently it is one of the top five Islamic places where people go for, where people come to visit. So I'm not sure if this is actually true, but there were a lot of people there and it was clearly a big institution. So there was many, many things happening. And uh, I found the place very interesting, very crowded and uh, but a beautiful like atmosphere. We also sat down for a bit just to listen and just to enjoy the atmosphere of the place. But uh, one thing which was really interesting for me is that uh, somehow I would call it my Protestant ethics, um, ha or which come from some kind of Christian belief that money and holy things, or Protestant belief that money and holy things shouldn't go together. 
So in a way, the fact that everywhere people made us sign things and then pay, write something, like write something on a piece of paper and then give them money and keep it as something which should give us luck. But again, the money would go to the yeah to the whole institution and of course i know also people will be fed with this money and all and that's good but silly was just for my this was too much like money asking everyone in every step or <laughs> people hitting you on the head with like uh, feathers of peacocks and then asking money for it and all kind of weird things which seemed very normal for other people but i feel like my christian lens of looking at things made this so weird so for me suddenly like all the holiness or everything like yeah sacred about it suddenly got away because somehow in my belief this can't be mixed with capitalism in a way with money in a way but that's a very christian belief i realized because all the other people didn't have a problem with this at all and then sometimes i feel you're also a slave of the culture you grew up in because you cannot get out of your skin even if you want to and uh yeah and there I would have wished to be able to enjoy it more but somehow I couldn't and uh, yeah then we went into the actual Darga and it was like standing in line and being pushed around with people and people like a cattle basically and people put some then they put something on your head and they say some prayers and money again and you're pushed and like I really got a bit claustrophobic also because so many people in such a small space and everyone is like pushing me and I couldn't exactly enjoy it although my friend enjoyed it and I saw of course many Muslims who definitely enjoyed it or like saw something sacred in there which I was not able to see but uh, the place as a whole was very interesting and also had a very good energy which was really beautiful and one of the next destinations was uh, Pushkar and uh, there were also some things which I found really a few anecdotes which I liked one was a little boy like a street guy who was following us and he was selling some colorful rings I don't know what they're good for I don't think they have a purpose or a use but they were like a decoration maybe and uh, he kept selling them and asking us to buy them. And eventually we said, we give you the money, but we don't want to carry it. He's like, like no, no, no. And then we wanted to buy him a chai, a chai. He was like, no, 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 take the ring, take the ring. <laughs> and he kept following us. And he kept like, since we gave him some attention, he kind of liked us and kept being, liked being with us. But yeah, he wouldn't take the money. And at the very end, we could convince him to eat an ice cream. But for me, that was very strange, like, yeah, very strange why he didn't take it. So I didn't understand it at all. And maybe he didn't understand the way to make money or for some reason that's how he goes about things. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's memory stuck with me. And uh, another one was in Pushkar, there's this lake. I think it's an artificial one. I'm not sure. And uh, there uh, we walked all around and at night there are like a lot of these Hindu arti ceremonies so like some fire ceremonies with kirtan, with singing and mantras and a lot of things and it's really beautiful like the you hear it in the whole like the acoustic of this place is beautiful and you can really walk around the whole lake and yeah sit and listen and there's so many also old Hindu babas sitting and it's so much happening and uh, one thing which I really liked is that was 
we were sitting at one of these places and I was sitting alone for some reason and most of the time when I sit alone some kids come and approach me mostly little girls and they start uh, talking in Hindi with me and uh, that girl was like she asked me and her, her cousin was also with her she asked me like do you speak Hindi in Hindi and I was like yes and then she was super surprised and then we got talking and it was very cute and at some point she told me that she really would like to be a cricketer but her dad is very strict and he will never let her and she had a very adult kind of way to talk and somehow that was so sad like hearing this story and her very matter-of-fact way to go about it and yeah that was somehow special but also sweet how she kept asking me and how we like it here how we got here and yeah it was a cute conversation i love talking to kids and i value these small little encounters so much especially yeah because now i can understand them although sometimes with kids it's hard because they don't understand that they have to talk like slow with me that else i won't understand <laughs> Another thing which, uh, again, which I noticed in Pushkar was like the this kind of selfie culture. So somehow whenever I go to some tur touristy place, there are like some Indian families or guys or elderly aunts or whatever come up to me and they want to take selfies with me. And uh, I never do it with guys, but sometimes with families or older women. But it's kind of strange because like... Everyone wants a selfie with me, sometimes whole families, and they don't un don't see how uncomfortable I am after the tenth selfie and that I actually would like to leave. And it's very weird, like, how you become, like, just an object because they don't talk to me. They don't expect me to speak their language anyway, but also they don't really want to interact with me. And in weird ways, it uh, reminds me a lot how we, a lot of Western people are when they go for tourism, and they just click pictures of local people, but they don't expect them to speak their language and they also don't want it because they just want the picture. And it's exactly like this. And it's weird, like somehow I'm always trying to make these kind of things more human by trying to talk to them and all, but it's very weird. And again, like privacy is so different. Like in Switzerland, you couldn't just come and take pictures of people. That's like, yeah, it's weird. And yeah, it's, the last fort we visited, there were like 15 people asking me for selfies, so I definitely cannot stop for all of them. And uh, what I also realized is like uh, Pushkar is a place where there's this Indian backpacker culture happening. Um, a kind of a culture I used to be completely intrigued by and when I was backpacking through India in 2014, I was completely into that culture. And... It's interesting when you go back to these places, you see that you have changed because I'm not wearing this hippie attire anymore. I don't find the same things fascinating about India, which I used to find then. Like find everything spiritual and mystic and so different. And so, so that somehow, but still somehow you need to come back to these places and meet people who still are intrigued by India in that way to realize how you have changed, how you don't see it like that anymore, how... Yeah, how I see it more so different by now, like more down to the ground and like just another reality, another life and another 
and nothing of all this intriguing spiritual superior superior country anymore so that was yeah interesting to see that and um, our next stop then was Cheselmer which is really the desert and it's quite a touristy place and uh, like but I really loved the desert so I was very happy to go there but uh it's interesting how even in these very touristy places somehow that friend of mine he managed to talk to the people and like tell them that we are not ordinary tourists that we are students we don't have a lot of money that we are simple people and we managed to find some a place to sleep which was cheap and simple and we managed to get on that different level with people and when I say we I mean he I mean he because I think I would have never managed just because I'm white but the fact that we could have like sit with a lot of people who work there and have some genuine conversations that uh, impresses me again and again that it's still possible even on such in such touristy places or uh, when we were in the desert some very traditionally dressed people came and they asked us if they should play a song for us and uh, of course they wanted money and we said like no we don't have money but then somehow we struck a conversation with them which was really beautiful and uh, in the end we gave, we gave them a cigarette and chocolate and uh, that was fine and they still played the song even though we didn't even give them money and now to a bit of a darker chapter so then we left from Chaselmere to get back and uh, we, have all, we had already driven a few hours and we in, it was getting dark and we intended to stop in one or two hours and like find a place to sleep and the next day go all the way back to Delhi but uh, that never happened because uh, we were driving and usually we just had chai and then we started driving again and usually what you do is you look for find a car which drives in front of you to follow so whenever there is a camel or a cow or a dog on the street so you see you see the car braking and you can also brake in time or when there's a, a speak regulator or something like that but uh, this time we couldn't really find a car to follow and when I say we I mean my friend because I'm most of the time I'm listening to music or listening to Kavali and completely forget don't care about driving and just enjoy and I'm in my thoughts and so the streets are pretty dark and not really well lit and then out of a sudden we were driving and there was this other bike driving in front of you of us and no backlight no light at all driving at the speed of 10 or 20 while we came with 60 or 70 and we had no choice to go left and right we saw it way too late because it didn't have any light and we straight crashed into it and uh well, I had bike accidents before, also in India, but never a really bad one. So that was a first time for both of us, actually. So uh, when we hit it, there was also no space, like no time to react and no space to go left and right because there were other vehicles. And then uh, we, till the last moment, like I didn't really realize that we we're actually going to fall. And it's interesting how time stretches in these kind of incidents and how your brain has time to have so many thoughts, which you usually wouldn't have. And uh, we, I only realized that we were falling when I kind of realized that a bike had fallen and it was like dragging me on the street and I saw some sparks like flying and then I realized, oh fuck, I have to let go of the bike because somehow I was still holding on to it. And I think that's also why it dragged me a few uh, extra meters. So eventually I let go of it and uh, then the first thing which happened was like complete shock like I think both of us were completely in shock and then I hear my friend 
scream at me like get off the road get off the road although he doesn't remember saying that but i remember because i wouldn't have thought of getting off the road if he wouldn't have said something but of course other vehicles behind maybe cannot break like in time and could hit you so we got off the road and then both of us were like just looking at each other and both of us wanted to make sure the other person is okay but he told me that like later he said like when he tried to see if I'm okay I was already standing while he had not even gotten up I don't remember any of that but I remember that both of us were just looking at each other in played shock and like just saying or not able to speak a word I was like kind of hyperventilating and just like oh, oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and then uh, you have such an adrenaline rush also it takes a bit of time till you can really understand like check your body if everything is fine because you don't feel anything it's very weird so I bent all my legs and arms and when I saw I could bend everything I was like okay I'm fine and then I tried to find out if my friend is fine but by then already a huge mass of people has gathered had gathered around us like some 50 men probably and like they kind of separated us and some were gathered around him, some were gathered around me and like maybe some 30 men around me. And then, of course, that also puts pictures in your head. Of course, I thought, oh, God, I'm on some highway with no light somewhere. 30 men and all these rape stories come back into your mind or all these stories about villages. If you hit one of them, then come this mob violence and beating up the one who was like whose fault it was in traffic. So then I got a little scared and then eventually my friend, he fought his way through to come and see me and because he, I think he was angry that was scared that these people would scare me. But by then I expected him to speak or say something in Hindi because he is Indian at least. And uh, because the people around me kept shouting Angres, 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 which means like English person or like foreigner. And uh, but he couldn't find his speech, and and for a long time neither could I. But eventually I could. So then I told them in Hindi that we need to have a like, don't stay so close, make a bit of space, and we we need a bit like we need a moment to <laughs> recatch ourselves. And then I was like, oh god, I have to vomit. And then people made space, but in the end I couldn't. But uh, then when I came back and I was looking at my friend, I knew something is not right. And he told me, okay, don't freak out. I think my shoulder is broken. And I was like, okay. And uh, the people told us that there's a clinic two kilometers from there. And uh, But it was pretty hard to make decisions because people were saying, ambulance, hospital, clinic, this and that, do this, do that. It's like 50 people, 50 opinions. And we were not even able to hear each other like properly. But eventually we got back on the bike on the bike and we drove the other the two kilometers to the clinic. And when we reached there, like thirty people got into the that small little clinic, like thirty men, which was also very weird for me. And everyone had opinions and everyone wanted to help and it was like too many things happening. And they uh, first took care of my friend and it was extremely painful to see how because they said that like his collarbone is broken and it was extremely painful to see how they put it back in alignment and uh, also we didn't know how the guy was whom we hit we only later found out that he was sitting next to me in the clinic but he had already gotten his treatment and left because nothing completely nothing has happened to him which was good for us and he just his bike got crushed but nothing else yeah we were, then the doctor looked at me and thank god I think we were majorly lucky so I I uh, only got some scratches like on my leg which later infected and got a bit of swelling and my left knee was extremely swollen like in a deformed kind of a way but that was all 
So I think we were extremely lucky because we could have left our lives there. And also all our belongings, like I had my phone in my hand, I like my passport, my everything was there, everything was in my bag, nothing happened. So yeah, we couldn't have been more lucky. But also like I when then the doctor wanted to see my knee and then I had to, was wearing this very tight pants like jeans now he was like can you roll it up and I was like no <laughs> and then I was like of course I'm not going to put my pants down in front of 30 people standing in a clinic and watching so then we said like okay okay <laughs> it's fine and uh, the people from the village turned out to be extremely helpful so they organized the car and they drove us back to a nearby village where there was another hospital where we could get some um, some sling for my friend and other things which would help him to keep the right posture and like do some x-ray and where we could find a hotel room and sleep and uh, we left the bike with them and uh, but it was also kind of interesting so the two guys who drove us there they were like uh, while we were driving they were organizing some kind of cricket match which was supposed to be happening the next day and between separated in different casts or what so it was sounded very interesting and but it was also crazy when they like told us, you know, our village is a good village and um, whenever something happens, all of us come and help, which was really true. Like they helped us like beyond anything and they didn't take any money from us, like super sweet. But uh, they told us this story about the truck driver who hit one of them. And they said like in Hindi, like the whole body was open. So it was really bad. And uh, the truck driver knew that he could get a real beating if he would come back to the village and bring the person and he still did it and we said like you know we didn't even beat him up so we just let him go like we are good people the way they said that that definitely sent cold showers like down my spine and uh, yeah then we got to this other hospital and uh, the good thing is that my friend pretty much works like me so when bad things happen he also gets sarcastic and kind of takes it in a funny way because he cannot take it seriously just as I could so actually we kept having a lot of fun during the accident which was very good that we both took it in a very similar manner and uh, yeah so then uh, we we got into that other clinic and to me, it was just funny because there was this bed, there were scissors on the bed, blood stains, and there was an X-ray kind of machine. And on the X-ray machine, there was this swastika, like the that Hitler kind of symbol, but which has, means blessing in Hinduism, which is actually taken from Hinduism. And we did an X-ray and all. We went to another doctor, and then we chatted with this doctor for a while, and he showed us picture on pictures on his smartphone of other accidents which got in tonight, like some horrifying pictures which uh, turned around my stomach and made me feel like I want to vomit again. And uh, eventually they got us a hotel room, a pretty dirty one, but we wouldn't, it would have felt wrong <laughs> to say something, especially because the people from the village did everything for us. The people, when they left us, they didn't want to take any money and we didn't have anything to give them. They didn't want our cinnamon rolls, they, can, they took nothing which was like really cute and uh, then we went to sleep and we already knew that we cannot leave the bike where we parked it because uh, they said they have a med like a wedding coming on so it needs to be gone in a few days but the other doctor said we can leave it in his courtyard and uh, my friend can come and get it in like a few weeks so that was a good thing <laughs> and uh, so the next morning he organized that the bike will be come back to the doctor and uh 
we knew we could not drive back to Delhi. Like, although some people asked to, Madam can drive back to Delhi, right? And I was like, nope, Madam can't drive back to Delhi. <laughs> and Madam wouldn't want to drive back to Delhi after this. And uh, then we, yeah, we got a, we tried to get a train ticket, but we didn't really get one, only channel compartment. So we boarded the bus to Jodhpur. And also the bus side was still beautiful, like one of these really super stuffed, super full buses with uh, open windows. And the good thing is since pe all people stare at me, I also get like kind of, I feel I can also stare at them. So I had a lot of time to look at these beautiful Rajasthani women, their jewelry and their veils. And that was interesting. We slept also a little bit because we were walking like grandparents, both of us, like, and we had, we could barely carry our stuff. And eventually we got to Jodhpur, got to the railway and, uh, well, as we already expected, the general compartment was full and uh, we went to the sleeper class and we kept changing seats. So I have never traveled in this way, but my friend had before. So we kept changing seats and whenever the original owner of the, of the seat would come, we would change again. So it was a little bit of a pain till eventually we spread newspaper on the floor and we slept there. Which was very weird for people because white girls usually wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Rather cheap people do this. But uh, yeah, when we came back to Delhi, I think we were both, in the next morning, we were both like completely destroyed, but completely happy that nothing more happened. And yeah, that we could like both take it in a funny way. Like, and also both of us, I think, also enjoyed the kind of, let's say, interesting um, trip into village clinics and and all of that. But uh, yeah, that was the good thing. And Although I think that like the next month will not be that easy for my friend and even I am still walking like a grandma, but that's fine. <laughs> Could have been worse. Mm.